0: Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast, brought to you by Below the Line. My name is David Duggan, and I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure, and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors, and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organizations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark on the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is Live Well, Perform Better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries, and disciplines. What are the practices, techniques, habits, or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives, whether that's as CEOs, leaders, or managers, or as parents, family members, or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day. And hopefully, put some of this knowledge, experience, and expertise Into play for yourself. This week I'm delighted to be joined by a very special guest, Declan O'Connell. Declan is a coach and performance consultant based in Dublin and working internationally. Beginning his working life in corporate banking, Declan decided to retrain as a coach having answered a growing call within himself to change career. His work now focuses on bringing a scientifically validated and evidence-based approach to supporting people in organisations at all levels to be able to confidently adapt their thinking, behaviours, and ways of working when change is called for, which, as we know, has never been more important than right now. Refreshingly honest and simple in his outlook and approach, this conversation really brought home to me the power of reflection and asking yourself two simple questions. Where am I now and what steps do I need to take next? You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie Where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as exclusive online events and sessions including our press pause coaching community thanks for listening and see you next week all right so well look why don't i just start with the first question uh, which is why do you do what you do
1: i suppose there's two things for me one is just impact so really sort of helping people think differently about their challenges not to say that I uh, am the reason for their change, but almost as a vehicle for helping them engineer themselves out of a pressure moment or a, a complex problem. Um, so I really get my uh, kicks, I suppose, from like supporting people. Really, but like the selfish side of that, David, is actually like cultivating the life I wanted to live. So I worked ten years in corporate banking, and while I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it, I couldn't ignore like a gaping hole in my soul around just not being fulfilled and I kind of wrestled with the whole thing of okay I'm earning decent money I'm climbing the career ladder I'm doing everything that like the society tells me what it should be doing so why why do I feel this emptiness why am I not feeling fulfilled and, and going back and retraining and, and you know going through the whole student my night piece and and cultivating a career that allows me really sort of engage my passion really live my values um and I suppose gives me that sense of freedom variety expression that I think hopefully brings out my best self so I think like I was thinking about this even this morning on, on a on a walk I was thinking you know if I worked in any other job I would still be reading the books that I read I'd be still listening to the podcasts I listen to so it it is a passion but then it, it's just it, it feels great to be able to live that passion on on a daily basis and it's so funny like in banking you you'd have your bad days you'd be kind of going god what am i doing here and you'd be banging your head off the off the desk don't get me wrong there's days like that as well in this in this role but i think on balance more often you're getting to um i suppose live your passion and that's kind of that fuels me the why, why I do what I do. And then also then impact just that support that we, we talked about there in terms of helping move forward.
0: Just tell me a little bit more about that and uh, maybe what's, what, what are the parts of that, that uh, light you up the most?
1: Yeah. So essentially like coaching and consulting is very, very broad. So we've kind of narrowed it down to a niche of building it adaptable, uh, Individuals, teams, organizations, and essentially um, leading a sort of a, an evidence-based, a research-based program that helps you build the skill of adaptability. Um, so you've, you've heard it plenty of times in the media over the last couple of years, we need to be more adaptable, we need to change, simply because the pace of life, the the, the rate of change we're all experiencing is it's huge. So um, actually we're we're giving people and teams the tools to be able to be more adaptable consciously. And so there's things there, but like understanding a bit of self-awareness. How do you show up? What are your preferences? How do you like to communicate? How do you like to perform? How do you like to think? And start with that. Understand when that's working for you when it's not working for you. And then start having that conversation with when do you need to change your method? When do you need to change your thinking, change your, your, your way of performing? And giving people simple tools and techniques that has a lot of different, I suppose, offspring benefits from being able to connect better with people from being able to manage pressure from being able to problem solve and there's a lot of research and evidence behind you know better relationships better uh, ability to transition better ability to uh, perform and, and, and even uh, better mental health as well so um that's the area that we, we focus on and again it is down it's down to impact so you really are able to take all those tools and techniques Bring them into the client's context. What are they currently struggling with, and trying to help them make sense of the tools and the techniques in their context, and then hopefully, you can see them um, overcoming uh, that problem and being able to to move forward. And that's the the bit that lights me up.
0: Just moving on to my next question. Then um, our our um, our strap line and below the line is is live well, perform better. Um, what does this mean to you? Yeah, I I
1: was looking at that, and it's interesting that I find that those two aspects are almost like either end of the spectrum for a lot of people, and that you can actually feel a sort of a pendulum swing between both. So you can imagine over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of New Year's resolutions set, and I imagine that they were on either or end of that spectrum. So actually, in January, I'm going to get really healthy. I'm going to eat all healthy food. I'm going to get my exercise in. really going to live well. Or it's a case of 2022 is my year. I'm going to put the foot to the floor and I'm going to really focus on performance. And the problem is that they're great intentions. But if we just focus on one end of the spectrum, we're more likely to see the overplay, the, the toxic side of it. And we're, we're, not, we're going to experience that void that, that we talked about. Um, so trying to manage both at the same time is the key. And what's fascinating about it and what what's brilliant in the coaching and something world is it's all subjective. H- how you define living well might be very, very different to how I define living well. How you define performing better, very different to what I might deem as performing better. Like I know for me, living well is is all about connection. So really it's about how much am I connected to myself and how I, how much am I connected to the to the people I care about. So I know that actually when work gets in the way that's the thing that suffers the connection piece so i'm not living well when i overload myself at work when i talk about performing better i find that actually when i am more connected and i do have a bit of time and space performance almost takes care of itself so like it it is quite fascinating just even um probably for your listeners to even think about what that definition for them actually might mean what does living well mean for them? Like, as I said, mine is connection, but other people really get their kicks from achievement goals, like financial goals, um, having time and space, doing something that you love, creativity, whatever it might be. Um, but it's a really interesting uh, strapline because it, it, it gets you thinking. And as I said, the, the key is to find your method for being able to do both.
0: Related to that then, and maybe just kind of connecting back to something else you spoke about, um, changing your thinking, being, being more adaptable, and um, that's the type of stuff you bring to your clients. But what are the practices or habits, behaviours, stuff that you get, engage in to help you with this living well and performing better piece? Yeah, well,
1: again, I'd love to be able to sit here and say that I get up about 5 a.m. and I do my five miles and my Pilates and my yoga and drink my smoothie before seven o'clock. I don't. I like <laughs> Terrible to get out of bed, um, so like that whole piece about living well can sometimes have that social media aspect to it. Is that you need to be this yoga guru um, in 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 order to live well? For me, there's one key pillar that I rely on, and that's reflection. So it's time and space, effectively, and it can be really really challenging to cultivate time and space. We all have demands in the morning. We all have busy work life schedules. But that reflection piece for me allows me to think consciously about past behavior. So what are the things that have gone on in the, in the recent past? What are the things that have gone well? What are the things that haven't gone so well? And what was my role and involvement and could I have done a little bit better in those? And then just kind of thinking about what's ahead for the day. Where do I need to be? What sort of mode of travel do I need to be in? What mindset will best serve me for the day ahead and Again, think about the pace here. Do I actually need to, do I need to really fast pace today? Do I need to really churn through things? Or is today a day for me to actually be a bit more reflective, to be quite slow and deliberate? And when we talk about adaptability, the danger is is getting stuck in one gear. Do you only have that fast pace and you're living that fast pace every single day? Well, well, again, much like uh, if you were driving a car in in one gear you're going to get that sense of 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 overheating so I think the reflection piece for me that that habit and behavior is one key pillar that I would um like lean on quite heavily and for me it's it's nothing more than going for a walk in the morning or going for a walk in the, the previous evening um but it's to disconnect it's to unplug we're all um I suppose we're all being lured by distraction um, every moment of the day. So it's, can you consciously create a bit of just time and space for, for you to have a little little chat with yourself?
0: Absolutely. And do you, um, do you employ any other techniques? I mean, okay, I, 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 I get, and I think that's very powerful, you know, create the space, go for the walk, disconnect. Is there a, a note taking or a journaling part of any of that, or how does that play out for you?
1: Yeah, so um, again, I suppose that there's two key questions that I would have. Uh, it's, it's basically, where, where am I and where do I need to be? <laughs> and there's, there's often a gap between those two things. And I think that's, that's the questions that I drop in before I go uh, for my walk. And I uh, find, by and large, by the end of the walk, I, I've closed that gap. I kind of, I've figured out, Okay, I need to take these next two or three steps. And they're the things that I'll capture from, from the walk effectively. So the, the time and space isn't just um, walking in the wilderness. There's, there's an intention to it that you're actually, um, that you can call it strategizing. I, I prefer to call it reflecting um, because I suppose there's, there's a bit more self-compassion in reflecting because there's always going to be that intention and action gap. You know, there's always going to be... Uh, an element of I suppose you're blaming yourself that you didn't get up six o'clock this morning for the yoga class there's a great intentions but our action um didn't match it so I think with reflection there is a piece of actually just allowing yourself mistakes allowing yourself to trip up and reflection allows you to to realign
0: Mm -hmm. I love that piece uh, about self-compassion you know it's the other thing I'm picking up from you is you give time to be compassionate. You give time to be understanding, as a, which I think is really powerful. As opposed to, Jay's, I didn't do," because you know that's our natural tendency. I should have done this. I didn't do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, we all know that we're um, we're we're kind of drawn to the negative, aren't we? Like we're drawn to the things that we didn't do. We're drawn to the things that we've messed up on. Um, like you you talk to like busy executives, they've their to do list of. 10 things they'll get seven of them done what do they focus on they focus on the three things they didn't get done rather than the seven things they do get done so I think if you're going through life in that cycle of really looking at what's missing or what you didn't do or beating yourself up it's a pretty heavy slog
0: yeah 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 no it's really powerful Um, you mentioned executives there and the list and all that type of stuff um and i'm really interested in you know what you've seen over the last you know well could be the last couple of years or right now um the main health or well-being performance challenges whatever it might be that you're you're seeing with the with the people the businesses the clients are working with
1: yeah like I, i think to be honest um with this whole pandemic thing we've become it's become quite normalized really in terms of the whole restrictions and working from home. What I find is that we're judging ourselves off normal standards in abnormal circumstances. So we're really expecting us to be high flying, performing, and yet we're also trying to manage family work life, working from home. And and we're still beating ourselves up over. We're still not giving ourselves any bit of, credit to say actually i'm just like your only um job i think in in a pandemic is is survival really so i think that whole piece around self-compassion is a massive challenge at the moment because we still think that we need to be doing everything perfect um and i think what's restricting the self-compassion piece is probably that limited time and space that we talked about the 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 opportunity for reflection the opportunity to think about things and and to to forgive yourself um i suppose we know that there's so many uh competing things for for our attention there's so many um i suppose distraction traps around us like who hasn't mm-hmm. lost ourselves down an Instagram wormhole for an hour or who hasn't, you know, just melted into a TV box set for a couple of hours. And then you then you've life. So actually where is the um where is the time to actually think about things, to, to assess, to um, to reflect. And I think that is the that is the major challenge because I suppose if you look at the coming few months, David, like we're going to be attempting to get back to some level of normality and so what happens now when we throw commuting to work back back into the mix what happens when we throw office life back into the mix the sort of the social anxiety of reintegrating with other people and trying to build connection and we throw that on top of of the normal daily stresses as well so if we don't take that time uh just that time out for yourself to, to think, reflect, be self-compassionate. I think that could lead to uh, a lot of challenges for, for not, not, not just executives, um, David, just for all of us, really.
0: You know, you've mentioned the word adaptability and that I, that, that I think is going to be really important over the next few months. What, what is type of mindset about, is required right um, now?
1: I suppose. What are your preferences? So, for me, I know that I, I have a very optimistic mindset. I just think everything will work out and it'll be grand. And it's a nice mindset to step into. But actually, if I get stuck in that optimistic mindset, I get caught out all the time. Because, so you know what? I'm not tuned into the risks, the threats. I don't see where all this could go wrong. So, I regularly trip myself up, go <laughs> down blind alleys. And similarly enough, like if you flipped that and say, actually, people who are very risk-aware, who are very focused on the threats in the environment, very well planned and, and, and uh, I suppose, um, tuned into what could go wrong, that'll work really, really well for them until actually they might miss out on what are the opportunities here? What are the sort of the the, the viewpoint or the perspective of, you know, things that I, that might go well, opportunities for me now? So being able to switch between those two are going to be really really important because if you as i said if you get fixed in one of those mindsets you're going to suffer the the downside of them so i think in terms of in terms of advice it, it is to be able to think about uh how am i feeling about this situation and how do i challenge those thoughts as well what, what might be the opposite viewpoint because there are there's always a, a different perspective here and I think that's key when we're talking about it, adaptability is not to get stuck in one gear um, and again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but the only way you can do that is by creating time and space to really check in on how you're feeling and then to be able to, to challenge those thoughts. Um problem is, is that we know like, biologically that stress makes us fixed. So like stress inhibits our ability to be adaptable. So I suppose that whole piece around your strapline of living well, performing better, that's something that, it, you know, you definitely invite people to be curious about what does that mean and what are the, what are the key activities that allow me to, to live well, what are the key activities that help me perform better and that's, that for me is, 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 is gold because we, we don't really take time out to understand um, the method that, that lies behind our performance.
0: Um, my last question is, what's the one piece of advice you would give to anyone looking to live well and perform better? Now, maybe I'm preempting your answer, but to say it probably is space for time and reflection. But if that is the answer, what's your advice for people to kind of actually take that time out? Yeah, like, it's like any sort of habit. Like, I mean,
1: this is like New Year's resolution. I've never gone to the gym before and I'm going to go to the gym six days a week. Like, that's not going to happen. So are you you really going to create time and space every single day? Chances are you're not. And uh, I felt like a bit of a fraud, actually, David, because I was walking the beach this morning and um, was having a think about the podcast, And uh, but I was also listening to music. So I was kind of going, uh, am I really walking the talk here? And so what I did, actually, was I just popped earphones out for, I think, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And it just allowed a bit of kind of time and space for my own thoughts uh, to, to come to the surface. And that, that might be a great starting point. It, it sounds ridiculously simple, but if you think about it, all of us, when we're going out for a walk, we tend to move towards podcasts, music, or audiobooks to keep us company. And, and so can you just try maybe five minutes, two minutes of just walking in your own company and just, just see what comes up. And, and I'm, I'm acutely aware that actually people who could be listening to us right now are out for a walk. So I'm telling them to maybe unplug after we're done and take a bit of time and space um, for themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, or pause it now and come back in five minutes time, whatever it might be. But it, it also links back in many ways, you know, to the, what you were saying at the start, which was there was something in you drawing you to this work. Um, and that only finds expression when you stop to listen to it. Uh, what's it saying, and what's it telling me to do next? Yeah, exactly that. And and um,
1: it's interesting if we if we really take the time to look at ourselves, what's what's not being said, or what's not being listened to, what's that voice that's dying to be heard inside you, and when you actually give time and space for that to rise, it just makes so much intuitive sense. But it, but if we keep running from it or distracting from it. We're always going to feel that split, I think, because we're we're kind of being inauthentic you know, that way, because we're we're being distracted and we're living a life essentially on autopilot, and not really tuning into what uh what our body's telling us.
0: Fantastic, Declan. We'll leave it there. Um, thanks very very much for giving me your time, and uh, you're someone I have huge time for and respect, and I loved everything you said there, loads of honesty and and openness. So thanks a million for doing it. Magic. Thanks, David. Real pleasure.